A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is Popcorn Podcast with Lee and Tim, and this episode we're talking The Peanut Butter Falcon and A Hidden Life, plus all the latest movie and trailer news. So we saw uh, A Peanut Butter Falcon recently, mm-hmm. and this is, a, I guess, a modern Mark Twain tale about Zach, who's a man with Down syndrome who runs away from his care home to chase his dream of becoming a wrestler. Mm-hmm. And we've mentioned this in passing leading up to this review on the podcast, how just beautiful this story is. Really simple. Yeah, really simple and just so beautifully done. Mm-hmm. It stars Shia LaBeouf and Dakota Johnson, and it's directed by uh, writer-directors Tyler Nielsen and Michael Schwartz, and that's their debut feature. Yeah. Which is a really interesting point to pull out because it felt like such a well-realized beautiful story Mm -hmm. don't you think for the first time filmmakers i mean they've made documentaries before and short Mm. films but yeah they did a really good job i think and another interesting point is that this story was specifically written for zach Mm. they met him at a camp for actors with disabilities a few years ago and just wanted to craft a story around him and his talents yeah it felt so genuine didn't it to his passions and love which transferred into the character and he is incredibly talented he's just very charismatic on the screen very charismatic really good timing comedic wise i think that him and shire had a really great beautiful relationship that developed over Mm. time you know shire's character was kind of in the dumps he was not doing so well after the death of his brother and he Mm. was up to no good in terms of crime and stealing and all the rest of it Mm -hmm. and so he kind of is escaping from those ailments Mm -hmm. and stumbles across Zach who escapes in this fantastic moment of like comedy and Mm. like camaraderie with his older older man who's who he's staying with in the room yeah it's worth noting that much like real life the care options for Zach outside of a family are are limited you know he's in a nursing home which is obviously where he does not belong Mm. he needs care but also independence so he knows he's not supposed to be there the carers know he's not supposed to be there but they can't let him leave yeah it's a duty of care from the state that they have to put him in this place and 
you know, he's a young man who is surrounded by old people and it's not where he belongs. It's not where he thinks he belongs. Yeah. And he's quite mischievous and, and naughty, he tries to escape all the time. <laughs> and I guess the story, this film kicks off with him successfully escaping mm. and the poor guy he's just in his underwear because he's had to <laughs> rub himself with um you know lubricants to slide out the window yeah. so the tone of it is you know a nice balance of fun and humor and quite somber serious yeah. undertones don't mm. you think and not just from the character of zach and his situation mm. but also shia labeouf's character yeah who's going who has a lot of demons that he's working through I like how you mentioned the relationship between Shia LaBeouf and Zach on screen. Their improvisation just felt so natural. You could tell that Zach was taking the lead in this movie and all the actors and supporting cast were there to literally support him. Mm. And they just reacted to him and let him take the lead. And I think those were the best moments of the film. When it was a bit more obviously scripted, I think that's where it fell down a little bit. Right, right. And I guess they're the challenges that you have to face as a writer-director mm. sometimes. But I think that you calling that out, so Tyler and Michael, the directors, mm. obviously with their documentary background, the art of rolling the camera mm. and waiting for the moment to happen mm-hmm. really, really translated beautifully in this film where they're just capturing the banter, capturing the interaction and the building relationship and that. That's a great point about the cinematography, it was so relaxed and natural mm, mm. and just fit perfectly into the landscape of this film. You know, they're travelling down the ocean ways around Georgia, yeah, yeah. down to Atlanta, I think it was. And the camera work's just not intrusive. It's like you're just observing all of this happening and it just feels really natural, like you're a quiet observer to their journey and mm. I really liked that. Yeah, which plays to the Huck Finn story that mm. it was mirroring, I guess. Mm beautiful landscape yes i wasn't expecting it to be to take place in that environment mm. and i think that it really became and you say this a lot about films that the 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 environment becomes one of the characters but this certainly was yeah because it added a lot of obstacles for them in the terrain mm-hmm. and the harshness of some of the land and the heat and all the rest of it but also quite beautiful there's that amazing moment where they come up with his wrestling name the peanut butter falcon mm on the beach with the headpiece and everything. Mm. And it was quite, they, they, they were free. Like Zach was free mm. and it was so beautiful and authentic. And he was living his best life really, despite it being in this really tumultuous sort of journey context mm. where they really didn't have much food or water or security or safety, but they were free. Yeah. And that's all they wanted. Yeah. What did you think about the music? I thought it was beautiful. Mm. I think it really added to, the impact that the story they were trying to tell. So very fitting for the setting. You had rockabilly, gospel, folk music. It just fit perfectly. Yeah. And speaking of Shia LaBeouf again, he delivers an exceptional performance, like one of his best. He was so interesting to watch. He puts his all into roles. Mm. And I think that he was in his element, especially with the improvisation elements of this film. And he kind of showed what he's capable of. Mm. And how he surrenders to the moment and becomes quite vulnerable. And letting, as I said, letting Zach take the lead. Yes. And just being there to support him. Yeah. Which is the sign of a really talented actor. Absolutely. And they're not things you learn overnight. No. He's a quite an interesting person outside of film. You know, as a, <laughs> as a human, mm-hmm. he's quite 
I wouldn't say strange, but tormented, or I don't know, he just brings a lot. Tortured artist. Tortured artist. But in this one, he, you could tell that he was really passionate about this project Mm. and that what he was doing, the story that they were telling together. And that was really, really great to watch. I mean, he was a bit of a dick. (laughs) <laughs> but you do see his journey. He certainly has a as a journey as a person. Mm. He kind of underpins it, you know, in parallel with Zach as well. So it's you've got two really interesting stories to follow and how they coexist. One thing that did let it down a little bit is I struggled with the accents. They've got very southern drawls. Mm-hmm. Um, and it felt like the actors went very deep with that. And maybe that's authentic. Mm. I don't know. I haven't been to that part of America. But sometimes it was quite hard to understand what they were saying and follow along with the dialogue. Right. Did you find that? Uh, no, not so much, but no. I can see why you might no. have. I That just reminds me, my, my husband watched A Star Is Born and couldn't understand anything that Bradley Cooper said. <laughs> because I need to watch it again with subtitles. So do you think it was Bradley Cooper A Star Is Born? Level. Level yeah. or kind of somewhere in between? No, no, somewhere in between. <laughs> Mumble jumble, yeah. Mm. But no, good point. I guess... Maybe a recommendation would be to watch this film with subtitles so you can kind of catch all the beats, I suppose, if you struggle with that. Just personally, this film really affected me because my uncle, he recently passed away. He had Down syndrome. Mm -hmm. And the parallels to Zach and my uncle were so, like, got me right in the feels because my uncle loved wrestling as well. Really? You know, just, and, and that I could see it was just so beautiful that passion, that excitement, and that drive to be. A wrestler and that like adoration mm. that Zach had was just like my uncle had mm. and so yeah I just absolutely adored this film on many levels personal but also its authentic way of telling that story and that was beautifully written directed performed etc isn't that the great thing about movies though mm. isn't that what we love about film when it can connect to you on a personal yeah. level and make you feel something yeah, you see yourself or others really close to you in there yeah and uh, yeah, oh, I just got a bit of chills right now. But anyway, mm, I was really we... happy that we um, that we're reviewing this film and we saw this film in it, yeah. and it was something that we both, I think, really, really enjoyed and encourage you to see. Definitely. How many popcorn kernels would you give it? I really, I just had the best time. I'm going to give it a four because, yeah, of all the things that we've discussed. I'm going to agree with you. Oh, yay. yay! Well, guys, look, a Peanut Butter Falcon is a really, really fantastic film. So please catch it in cinemas if you get the chance. We also saw Terence Malick film A Hidden Life. That's a long movie. Three hours. Terence Malick is known for being a very self-indulgent filmmaker and this film had it in spades. Just to tell you a little bit about what it's about, it's about an Austrian farmer in World War II who refuses to swear allegiance or fight for Hitler. So he's a prisoner of war and tortured basically until you know they want him to fight it's about standing up for what you believe in which is always relevant in today's world it's a big calling card of terence malick films he takes these really big philosophical ideas and puts them into really simplistic cinematography you know i I want to say simplistic but it's not because it was three hours long yeah he spent three years editing this film i can't imagine what the original runtime would have mm. been. I mean, look, we're, we're focusing a lot on the duration, but I think it's really important because with the story, you know, a big philosophical mm. story about, you know, the struggles between your morals and, and things, and everyone knows about World War II. Mm. And I think what was interesting about this story was that it was probably a, an area in the history of, of Germany and, and Hitler that mm. isn't particularly well 
known or documented, mm. that you would have people within their own country or allies that don't support them. What happens to them? It's based on a real person yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. And I just think that Terence didn't have an economy of storytelling. It was such a simple story that didn't need three hours to tell. No. And it really, really impacted you being able to connect with the characters mm. because it just went on and on. And you're thinking the immediacy of this is being lost because you're spending probably 45 minutes of the film where the characters, probably longer, are just standing next to each other in silence or you're showing a beautiful shot of the mountain, which are all stunning ways of transporting you, plotting you into their environment and their world and how they live day to day. And it was stunning, absolutely Mm. stunning. You cannot discount the the score, the cinematography or anything, but the story was not three hours worth. You had this really powerful imagery, as you said, like the beautiful Alps and the stunning waterfalls and or a longing look between these people who are in love and are being torn apart and the changing seasons as well yeah but then you get this extended shot of a fly crawling up a window pane yeah which was long (laughs) i noted it (laughs) he has a really interesting way of telling a story and if i can try and explain if you Mm. indulge me so if you've got like a scene that's this long like i'm just Mm. putting my hands up there and he kind of like brings you in maybe a quarter of the way into the conversation where they're already in the setting. Mm. You know that it's not the beginning of the conversation because you kind of cut in and they're sort of halfway through. Then he cuts again and you might be a few minutes further into what would be their conversation, but you've missed the gap in the middle. Mm. And then he cuts again and they're just standing there looking at each other or looking out the window. So he doesn't give you the full scene no it's like snippets of things happening but it's interesting constantly though but it's interesting how he chooses those snippets because as you said you miss a big chunk and you Mm. wonder why is he focused on this chunk Mm. over maybe a more deeper conversation he gives you snippets of the conversations to give you a feeling of what's happening that's what terence malick films are really about it's about a feeling Mm. and the combination of like the handicam style filming sometimes it really made you feel like you were watching a home movie or snippets right. of a home movie. Yeah. Which did affect me emotionally. It brought me in emotionally immediately. So the mm. first third of the film, I was loving. It was beautiful. Yeah. I felt I like I knew these people. I could identify with these people, even though I've never been a farmer and I've never lived, you know, in the Austrian Alps. Mm. It felt so beautiful and so simple mm. and like a life you just really want to aspire to. It really gave you that impending doom that you knew what was coming so i really felt the emotions i think that terence malick was going for but then you get to like the middle of the film and you start thinking okay time to move on i get it i get your point can we move on you've really captured the journey of connecting with the characters Mm. up to a certain point millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from noom like evan who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Point until it just mm. didn't move quick enough. Yeah. And I then found myself being really removed from what was actually happening to the characters because the choices that he was making as a filmmaker mm. weren't helping me connect. They were actually disconnecting me. But then balancing... Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. But then balancing that out, you had incredible performances from yeah, these actors unreal. and actresses yeah. who were just... In- they were incredible. I don't know how else to describe them. Mm. They were on point every time for mm. and they must have been like you said whole sections of this that were cut out yeah. that led them up to that point but then it was like bang they're in this emotion and you're feeling it with them and it's hitting you hard mm. they were just so incredible at portraying that yeah i just think that the film and don't get us wrong that we're not all here for a, a michael bay cut every 0.5 of a second film mm. terence does a really beautiful job to let scenes and moments breathe but I kept running out of breath. Do you know what I mean? It just, yeah. it was too much. And you opened our take on this film saying that Terence is a very self-indulgent filmmaker. And I don't think I've seen a more self-indulgent film than A Hidden Life in a long time. It's missing that disciplined element or someone yes. to rein him in. Yes. And that's fine. As an artist, you should be able to go. Where you want to go. Where you want to mm. go. And he went there and good for him. But it's not a film that everyone's going to connect with mm. or feel that it's something that they can they can endure i felt like it was a bit of a chore <laughs> in the end it was it was just a chore of a film for me well, and I'm I, sad I, to say that i did say to you that i might have to leave yes. at some point because it does get quite late in the evening and you've got to mm. travel home mm. so i thought around the two two and a half hour mark if it wasn't really going anywhere i was going to duck out which i don't like doing i don't no. walk out of movies that's a big thing for me Having said all that, I felt like I was compelled just that little bit more, just that little bit more to stay that little bit longer. It wasn't a compelling movie, but I was compelled just that bit more to stay that bit more, that bit more, and then I got there to the end. And I'm glad I did. Mm. So there was enough there to keep you watching. Yeah. Are you glad you stayed? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad I saw it. Like, it sounds like we're tearing it to shreds, but it is a beautiful, it is a beautiful Mm. film. It's just quite long. Yes. Uh, All right, well, well, what would you give it out of five popcorn kernels then? I'm really struggling with coming up with a number in my head right now, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, because on the one hand, it's beautifully made, Mm. beautifully acted. There wasn't much in the way of dialogue or scripting. No, hardly any. But you don't really need that. Even if it was an hour shorter, you didn't need that. Mm -mm. It could have been an hour shorter, like 100%. Mm. You could have chopped 60 minutes out of it. I'd give it a three. Yeah. I was hovering between two and a half and three, but I think just from its his ability to put you in a world that felt so authentic, mm. you know, their life on the farm, I thought was just so, nothing was discounted or anything. Mm. It was, you felt like you were there. And I think that alone in how they filmed it deserves a three yeah. as well. All right. Mm. That's a hidden life from Terence Malick. 
We've got some other new releases out this week, as always. The Grudge, which is a side call, Tim <laughs> loves this term, of the horror franchise <laughs> set around the same time. So it's got the same elements, but it's a separate story. Right. We also have Midway, a drama from director Roland Emmerich of Day After Tomorrow and Independence Day fame. So mm. you can only imagine what this might be like. About the pivotal battle of Midway during World War II. And we also have Seaberg, starring Kristen Stewart as American actress and French New Wave icon Jean Seaberg. In the 60s, she was targeted by the FBI for her involvement with civil rights activist Hakim Jamal, who's played by Anthony Mackie in this film. It's quite a cast. You've got Vince Vaughn, Zazie Beetz and Colm Meany, among many others. So that is, all those films are out in cinemas now. now. Now, we've got some news to rattle on. Apparently, Paramount are working on two more Transformers films at the same time. Of course. Now, we've, I guess, growing up on these Transformers films. I love these films. Yeah, They're I'm, absolute tat, but I love them. I haven't seen the last two. I will get to them. But I wonder, there's not real any detail in whether these are soft reboots, cycles, oh, these terms. you know, uh, sequels or whatever. These are just marketing terms because people are getting sick of hearing reboot. Yeah. It has negative connotations. Well, Cycle's going to follow suit if that's what everyone's going to go with. If you have so, anything to say about it. And I do. Don't you worry. This story really... Fa- I'm really keen on this film. So Jodie Foster, who doesn't direct a lot, but she does come in and make some pretty poignant films. So she's going to direct the true story about the theft of the Mona Lisa. Mm-hmm. And this is in the vein of the Thomas Crown Affair and the Sting, and it will blend fact and fiction, mm-hmm. focusing specifically on the people behind the heist. I think it's based on when it was stolen from the Louvre in 1911. Mm. And I think 28 hours passed before anyone realised it was missing. And I I went to Paris over New Year's, and there's no way in hell this day and age that the Mona Lisa could get stolen. The crowds are incredible. You can't even get close to it. No, they do it differently now. You queue up out into another hallway, and they put you through this snake queue, and then they let about 15 people into this section. It's all open and everything. Let 15 people into this section. They close it off. They literally, people are there taking selfies. I said to Joshua, I said, we're not taking a mm-hmm. selfie with the Mona Lisa. We're going to get a photo, put our phones down and just take her in because you can't get very close. Mm. And then you get, they're like, that'll be the last photo. That'll be the last photo. And mm. then you move away. When I was there, it was hordes of people streaming into this like little yeah. section and they just let everyone in and you had to fight your way to the front yeah, to get a photo. There's no more of that anymore. It's actually no. much more. Organized. Much more decorum mm. because, you know, you know, in Paris, it's quite nuts. Mm. And I've been to the Mona Lisa where it's just been like that. And this mm. was a much more calm experience. Okay. So, yes. Anywho. Uh, <laughs> ben Whishaw, who plays Q, Q in yeah. the Bond films, has teased that No Time to Die connects all of Daniel Craig's Bond films. And that's the big IP about Daniel Craig's Bond films is that they are all connected. Yeah. They're all actual sequels. Yeah. But to be honest, I put this piece of news in here because it's a bit of a lull. Because Spectre has already done that. Mm. You know, say, I've been there all the time. Christoph Waltz character, you know, that mm. really awkward scene at the end with in that warehouse with all these pictures of people that have been mm. in the previous films and his love interests and stuff. So I don't know what Ben is kind of hinting at here because that didn't really go down well in Spectre. So how are they going to extend on that? It's a bit strange. We're not too far off, though, finding out. Top Gun Maverick released some new images of the new recruits. Director Joseph Kaczynski has been very tight-lipped on what this movie is about Mm. and how it's going to play out. 
well, he's revealed that the recruits are actual graduates already of the Top Gun program, and they're just coming back for some special training with Pete Maverick Mitchell. Mm. So I guess that means we can expect some more advanced stunts. It's a bit more action. Well, going off the trailers, that is certainly something we can expect mm. because, the, yeah, it looks unreal. And in a Tom Cruise film, he always takes it to the next level. So Yeah, and he's behind the actual well, wheel. Do you say that? He's behind the wheel. He's on the wings. Joystick. Joystick. Find the joystick. <laughs> Anywho. Uh, okay, cool. I kind of like that it's uh, a bit mysterious what this film is about. Mm. Just this morning, we got a Fast and the Furious 9 trailer. Very exciting. Goodness Full me. of all the stuff that we love about Fast and Furious movies or don't love about do, Fast yeah, do and we Furious love? movies. <laughs> lots of car chases. Lots of flipping cars. Lots yeah. of helicopters. Lots of explosions. Lots of really realistic stunts mm. that you could be go out <laughs> on the weekend and kind of mimic. Sarcasm alert. Oh, my goodness. What and- really strikes me about these films now is that after the rift with The Rock mm. and them splitting out the franchise it feels like now it's just a competition between the two to see Mm. who can do it better and the fast and the furious has been around longer definitely oh yeah but i mean do you try and outdo the rock well you pointed out in the trailer towards the end Mm. there seems to be an almost exact stunt scenario as what was in Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw mm. on cliffs with helicopters and cars going off the cliff and swinging around. Yeah. They literally end the trailer, mm. which seems like a big fuck you to <laughs> The Rock yeah. and his film going, well, look at what we can do with this piece and they've also of just stunt re- work. They've also just replaced The Rock with um, John Cena. Yeah. <laughs> Another wrestler <laughs> thrown into the mix who, no, I don't really care. I don't really know if, if Don's character has ever alluded to having a brother, but he's apparently his brother. Vin mm. Diesel's brother. Yeah. We also got a trailer for a movie called Irresistible, written by John Stewart, which looks really fun. Looks really fun. Steve Carell plays a political consultant who tries to help an ex-Marine become mayor of this local town. Mm. And it's Rose Byrne is in it. She is a Republican. Friggin' looks awesome. Mm. I just love Steve Carell. I love his banter and how he just gets mm. so frustrated and worked up. And I think he really uh, will add all those, uh, you know, uh, trademarks to his per- performance into this character. Yeah, I think uh, this is going to be a really um, tongue-in-cheek take on politics, which you yeah. expect from John Stewart. And I love those sorts of films. Quick, witty, sharp, and a bit unbelievable. But that is American politics. We've also got something completely left field called Vivarium. Yeah. A psychological thriller that feels very Stepford Wives, mm. starring Jesse Eisenberg and Imogen Poots. What did you think of this trailer? Well... I'm worried that they've shown too much just to kind of put the negative out of the way. Mm, I feel like we saw too much about what happens to them. What does happen? They go into this, I guess, Stepford Wives type sea of the identical homes Mm -hmm. and they feel that it's not quite right for them. It's a bit creepy. But then they can't get out. And they can't get out. And they climb up on the roof and it just goes on and on and they just, they try and drive out and they circle around. Mm. They're back to number nine. I think that's the house they were looking at. And they basically are held hostage in whatever this world or place or alternate dimension or whatever it's ultimately going to be. And and the way they can get out is by raising a child. Yes. Who I think is going to be a great, a great dynamic because I think towards the end of the trailer, they're both in bed and the kid's there. He's probably about five or six. And they both just flip the bird at the kid. Like, like and he does the you. same. We yeah. hate you sort of thing. <laughs> 
Uh, it's like this resentment. They really wanted a child and start raising a family and they get this kid that they, I think it was just shown up on the doorstep, you know, in a box. Do you think this is like a bit of a commentary on the nuclear family and totally. suburban life? Yeah, it'll be dripping in all of that sentiment. But I'm really curious. I hope that it's clever in, in the way that they pull off the story and try and convince what's happening. Mm. But I just worry that I would have liked them to take a few steps back in creating a bit more mystery and intrigue and suspense in what was going to happen to them. I think the trailer gave a little bit too much away. But I'll definitely see it. I think it'll be cool. So what's coming next week? We have the biggest film out, the biggest blockbuster, of course, is Birds of Prey and the Fabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn, starring, of course, Margot Robbie Mm -hmm. as Harley Quinn, reprising her role from Suicide Squad. This is the first female superhero ensemble film. Mm-hmm. Everybody's really excited about it. And the first reviews out of the gate are quite good. Quite positive. A lot of fun, crazy, and hopefully a return to DC getting all their cards in a row mm. to see where the franchise then leads. Mm. There's also The Lighthouse, which we are going to see, directed and co-written by Robert Eggers about two men trapped together on a remote and mysterious island where they start to slowly go crazy and you know, lose the plot starring Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson and I think they're the only two characters it's nominated this film The Lighthouse is nominated for Best Cinematography at the Academy Awards so if anything I'm I'm really excited to be able to catch this just before the Oscars mm. to see what sort of how much of a big player that is against Roger Deakins in 1917 which mm. we all know he's gonna Win. his name will be yeah <laughs> we've said that uh, but it does look visually quite striking mm. black and white you know all the rest of it We also have a heartwarming Aussie film called H is for Happiness, which you've already seen and I'm just about to see, starring Richard Roxburgh, Miriam Margoyles and Deborah Mailman. Really excited to review this film. I was pleasantly surprised. We love an Aussie film. Love an Aussie film. This one, I think they've just got so right. And yeah, we'll wait for us to kind of delve into it. But I think that this is something that you should take your kids to see over the weekend or even if you're an adult because there's a lot to get out of it. That's it for another week. We reviewed A Hidden Life and The Peanut Butter Falcon. See both of them for very different reasons. Yes. If you've got three hours to see A Hidden Life, (laughs) I would suggest not going to see it in cinemas. Although, no, that's probably not a good suggestion because it is cinematographically beautiful. Yeah. But Make you, sure you get your pee breaks out of the way and get a good big sized popcorn at least. Yeah, yeah. Don't get a large Coke <laughs> and drink half of it <laughs> before the movie starts. Not a good idea. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll talk to you next week. See ya. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.